Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. And today is January 3rd, 2021. We're in a new week. We're in a new year. We're in a, like, an, oh, I'm so excited. I'm broadcasting here tonight from the bright red desk on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, where we're having a kind of snowy, sleety, rainy, kind of mixed, mixed precipitation day, Virgo Moon. I just made a big pot of celery soup. Um, which I'm going to puree after the show and enjoy. Um, yeah, I was like, hmm, what, what kind of vegetables do I have in the refrigerator and what kind of soup can I make with them? And I thought, ooh, celery, let me see. So who knew you could make celery soup? So I got a great recipe off of gourmet um, with onions and uh, butter and bouillon, kind of brief broth, I used chicken bouillon, and celery and dill. That sound good. Uh, I didn't have a potato, so no potato in it, but that's okay. We can do without the potato. And that is my celery soup. So I'm trying to uh, make this the year of Anne. That's my New Year's resolution. And uh, take better care of myself. So one of the things I find is if I have a cup of soup before I eat, I eat less. So I thought, all right, so every couple of days I'll make some soup. So I made some squash soup earlier in the weekend, and I have one more cup of it tonight, and then I will have celery soup Probably looks like about three days or four days worth of celery soup uh, the next couple days. So, yeah, all good. So we are in a new year. Jupiter-Saturn conjunct in Aquarius starts a 20-year cycle. Of course, we have the first new moon in that coming up. Uh, Hasn't happened yet. We had that one on the ingress. We were still in eclipse season, right? So going towards the full. So we really initiated on that eclipse coming in, the new moon coming in on the 13th which is not this week, but next. We'll talk about that moon then. But that moon's really interesting because it's moon and sun and Pluto all joined in Capricorn, and, of course, the moon is out of bounds. Um, And, uh, yeah, so it's going to be fun. Um, And it also indicates a forward motion. And if you look at the sky right now, all the planets in the sky answer to Saturn, right, everybody except for Mars and Eris. And uh, so what that means is we're having a very Saturnian time. You know, we're supposed to be focusing on Saturn and use traditional rulers. I mean, if you use modern rulers, you're going to go, no, Neptune. I'm going to go, no, traditional rulers. So Neptune and Pisces, answers to Jupiter, answers to Saturn, Saturn answers to Saturn. So when we get to the second guy, he's the final dispositor. Sun, Mercury, Pluto, all in Capricorn, answer to Saturn, answer to Saturn. Jupiter, answers to Saturn, answers to Saturn. Athena, answers to Saturn, answers to Saturn. You get the idea. Moon in Virgo, answers to Mercury, answers to Saturn, answers to Saturn. Venus in Sag, answers to Jupiter, answers to Saturn, answers to Saturn. So the only guy that's not answering to Saturn right now is Mars, but in a couple days... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on the 6th, when he goes into Aries, when he gets out of Aries and goes into Taurus, he'll be in Taurus answering to Venus, answering to Saturn, answering to Saturn. So it's a Saturn kind of sky. And you know what that means is uh, structure, uh, resolutions. As I mentioned, New Year's was going to be a Leo moon with Mercury out of bounds. Mercury's out of bounds for a couple more days, and then he comes in. He is in the sign of Earth. When he makes a commitment, he keeps it. You know, those earth signs are known for keeping their commitments. Sometimes Virgos do a little sin of omission kind of stuff. If you didn't actually ask, they don't really tell you. But the Taurus Mercuries and the uh, Capricorn Mercuries tend to be very truthful. You know, we always, we always with uh, we always look at the rulers, but Mercury in an earth sign tends to be a pretty 
reliable, dependable. They give you the word. They keep it. So that makes this time very potent for keeping your word and making commitments to things. And with Mercury out of bounds, which, of course, means he can go really high or really low, and he can kind of shoot the ball over the fence like a home run or a line drive into the stands, you want to be really careful what you say and do because he's really paying attention. He's really paying attention to your words, what you're committing to. And, of course, he's approaching a conjunction to Pluto over the next couple of days. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a, a heavy-duty sky, but it also is very uh, potent when we have all these planets here, and all the planets are on this. The moon isn't right now, but he will be in a couple of days. All the planets are on the same side of the node, which creates a condition of very intense karma. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's a Vedic, a Vedic term. And the, when all the planets are on the same side of the node, they're all like agreeing and you're committing to things and it's making big deals. So just really be conscious and careful what you commit to uh, because we're really having intense sky up there and paying attention to that is super important. So this week has a couple transitions. Venus gets out of Sagittarius and she goes into Capricorn. And uh, Mars gets out of Aries and he goes into Earth. He goes into Taurus. So Venus and Mars are in a trine right now, in fire trine. They're always a little impassioned. And then they're going into an Earth trine where they get really practical and down to Earth and focused. Now Mars, of course, is going to be in Taurus till the beginning of March. we got two months. Mars, I mean, I know he's been in Aries since July. Felt like that would never end. But it's almost over. And as of yesterday, January 2nd, he left his shadow where he stationed on uh, September 9th uh, and went backwards for months till <laughs> January 11th when he stationed and he went direct. So now he's cleared his shadow. So now he's into clean space. And when he goes into Taurus, he's first going to be answering to Venus and Sag just for a couple of days. And then she goes into Capricorn and she says, okay, we're getting serious. But they're trying to each other. So they're really having this kind of interesting dance uh, in fire and earth around what your vision is and what you want to create, because there is a trine, and also the vision piece, and then once they shift into earth, how we actually do it, how we actually build it. Venus in Capricorn is a serious Venus, uh, because she, you know, she. whenever somebody has a Venus in Capricorn in a reading, I always go, well, I could line up five purses, and you could tell me which was the $20,000 Birkin bag. Like, you, could, you know, you've got that for quality. Mars in Taurus is not considered a great placement for him. And then, you know, and people always go, ooh, he's in his dead. Well, let's think about why Mars in Taurus wouldn't be happy. He loves being in Scorpio, his ruler, right? That's his ruling sign. And so the opposite sign is always the sign it doesn't like so much, right? So that makes sense. You know, the sun is it's exalted in Aquarius. It, you know, Saturn hates, hates being in Leo, but he loves being in Aquarius, Right, and the sun is in its detriment when it's in Aquarius because it's the winter. So, with uh, Mars going into Taurus, he gets Taurus like, and Taurus, of course, plows things. It is the sign of the bull or the cow. And if you think about cows and bulls, they kind of hang out in the field happily eating their grass. In the old days, when they were oxen, they'd get harnessed to plow something, plow a field. But they also get mad. And when a Taurus gets mad, very mad. It doesn't forget. Doesn't forget. Right. So that's the other caution. This next two months, Mars is going to be in Taurus, and it's not going to forget. But bulls, of course, think matadors charging that red cape, 
and uh, uh, thinking the cape is moving and it's hurting it. And then they always go, oh, it's a smart bull. It realizes the matador is the guy waving the cape. <laughs> and then it comes after the matador. So we're all going to get our bull on. It's a great time for getting structural things implanted, you know, and of course in the time of Taurus is when Mars is in Taurus and we're out there plowing the fields. You know, we literally have May Day, you know, May Day, you know, used to be you get naked in the field and get plowed, you know, because you were helping Mother Earth bring forth her abundance over the summer. Uh, so, you know, you're going to feel your juices get flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when my juices are flowing and you're going to be interested in plowing some stuff and making some furrows. Think about furrows. My father used to, he believed in child labor, unpaid child labor, I might add. Um, and as he said, it, I provide you with food and a roof and you can go in the garden and work. Um, so he had this big, he had this farmer phase for a while. Uh, and we would have to plow, you know, he would go out there and he had gotten this thing that plowed the ground, right, which was a real nightmare. Uh, you know, it's like a lawnmower, but it digs up the ground and you had to plow furrows so that you could then go through and plant things in the furrows. Made me realize that I didn't, I was not cut out for manual labor. <laughs> uh, that in the summer, he got me to paint the house for $125, which seemed like a lot of money. Well, that's a lot of money back in 1976. It, you know, and I was making like a dollar eighty-five at the deli. You know, slicing bologna. That was a lot of money. Painting a house is really hard work. I just want to say. And we had a big farmhouse, so it was. And I started with the long side, not the short side. Right? There were two short sides and two long. But um, he actually enlisted each of us to paint the house different summers. You know, it kind of became a task that he delegated to the children. But anyway, we would. Furrow the, you know, once the cold left in Rochester, we would plow the furrows. So I want you to think of this week as the Mars goes into Taurus and the Venus goes into Capricorn. What are the furrows you want to plow and plant? Remember, we have this lovely new Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius asking us, like, well, what is it you want to plant? What do you want to grow? Look at where zero Aquarius is in your chart. That's where you're supposed to be expanding and growing and creating things over the next 20 years. And I have a website, a thing on my thing, you know, setting your intentions for this Jupiter and Saturn conjunction. I also have on my website the year ahead, what the months are going to be like, when the retrogrades are, when the heavy-duty months are that we're going to be working with. And we're forward. We're into the new. We're into the new year. Here it comes. Let's roll. So it's an interesting week ahead. Of course, we have the elections in Georgia. We have the um, the electoral colleges getting counted on Wednesday. We had the Washington Post today posting a video, excerpts of the video. The whole video is available. So those of you who, you know, go where it's excerpted, go listen to the whole thing. It's out there. But it's a five-minute, I think, excerpt or six-minute where he's basically trying to get the Georgia guys to come up with 11,000 votes so he can take over Georgia. And they're like, Mr. President, we've we've counted the votes. Like, you you lost, you know. But you listen to him, like, bullying these guys. It's really kind of appalling. But um, at any rate, we're almost through. We have a little more to go. And, uh, you know, you know, I could make a case for 2000 when they stopped counting the votes in Florida because of the Supreme Court, and Gore sucked it up and took it, right? Even though after they finished counting the votes, he actually won Florida, right? So, yeah, so it's not the first time. And, frankly, 50 cases, 60 cases, all different kinds of judges all thrown out because they don't go in there and say fraud, fraud. 
because there isn't fraud, and it's against the law to say it in a court of law. They just say it outside. But in the meantime, Trump has raised $300 million, over $300 million, from people that are dealing with the coronavirus and don't have a lot of money. It's a grift, people. It's a scam. You know, he's a con artist. He was a con artist in New York. He's a con artist now. You know, people don't change who they are. And the fact that he kept going rig, 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 that's because he's a cheater. I read an article this week about a guy who lost, he was a professor at Stanford. He lost $900,000 in scams after he retired. 900000 right? And he was saying, well, I just assumed people were honest. Because in the environment I came from, people were honest. You know, when people think crooked, they assume they're going to be robbed. That's just how it works. Um, so, yeah, because <laughs> he's a cheat and a crook. Yeah, that's right. You got it. So, anyway, any rate, left the rant. Off we go into the new year. Uh, and uh, what will become of us? Because we're all beginning new chapters. Very important time for us to think about what that vision looks like. And, of course, with Mercury in Capricorn out of bounds on the world point, on the world point, very important for you to make commitments. You want to keep, in my case, the year of Anne, soup before every meal, exercise. I've exercised now three days in a row. And somebody said to me, one sit-up a day, add a new sit-up every day. I'm like, one sit-up a day? <laughs> and so I said, all right. And then my friend goes to me, I think you should do one sit-up for a whole week and then add the second one in. So I might do that plan too. I don't know. We're still we're still one sit-up, two sit-ups. I don't really do sit-ups. It's kind of weird. But um, forward, exercise, creativity, taking care of Anne. What are you guys doing? What's your vision? What's your vision for your future? <sighs> Such fun. All right, let's talk about the week ahead. Busy week. The other the other piece of difficulty, not bad difficulty, but, you know, we want to kind of pay attention to the parts that give us a little pause. Eris is stationing this week, and she stations on January 10th, uh, which is next Sunday. What that means is the five days before, she's really building up ahead of steam. And the five days after, of course, which is next week. But in the meantime, she's at t- stationing on the World Point at 27, 2327. So usually when she stops, we have some kind of big war kind of eruption. We've had bombings, you know, the bombings with the flash, uh, the club, the gay club in uh, Orlando, I think it was, that got blown up. That was one of her stations. That was actually her square to Uranus, too. And so. The heiress is being when she stops. So we have that energy pretty intense for this five days leading up to the 10th. And then she stops and turns and goes direct. And then everybody in the sky will be direct except Uranus, who turns direct in a few more days, in next week sometime. So our job with heiress is really to kind of honor that that energy is moving forward and that we're we're going to be working with it in a new way and kind of send, setting forward. So that's all That's all good. Um, and uh, let's see what's happening in the sky. So this week the sun is going from 12.5 cap to 21 cap, moving a degree a day. Um, we have this whole new change and shift, and then the sun sextiles Neptune on the 8th, which is very positive, sun in Capricorn, sextiling Neptune in Pisces, encouraging us to work on our dream, right, and practically work on our dream, because Saturn and Jupiter are now saying, new dream, new dream, what's the new dream? Sun also links up with Athena, with Pluto, with Mercury by declination. They're all hanging out there at the bottom of the sky, and as the sun... Uh, 
moves forward, moves forward, moves forward, encourages us to create this new thing. So it's a forward motion thing. And then on the 10th, next week on Sunday, we have the Sun Trine Vesta, which is changes in our home, changes in our direction. What are we doing? Mercury this week runs from 19 Capricorn to 5 Aquarius. I forgot to mention he's entering into Aquarius. He enters into Aquarius on January 8th. And, of course, he comes in from out of bounds in a couple days. I think it's the 4th. Uh, and then he will be entering Aquarius, which is the sign of his exaltation. He loves to be in Aquarius. And then he links up with both Saturn and Jupiter this week on the 9th and the 11th. And Mercury in Aquarius is a very smart Mercury. Uh, it's very strategic, big plans, big visions, helps us see things because he's flying at 20,000 feet, like when you're looking out a plane window. So we're going to feel like a lot smarter. <laughs> and we're also going to feel Mercury, he's still going to be answering to Saturn because he's in Aquarius now, but he gets out of the Earth signs where he's feeling very, I have to commit to this, I have to partner with this. And he gets to fly a little. So his big aspects this week are January 4th, where he meets up with Pluto. So that's a whole commitment thing. And he squares Eris uh, on the 4th, too. So Eris, Pluto. So, you know, back to work, back to school. He has a lot of aspects with the nodes of fate this week, uh, twice. He meets the nodes on January 2nd in an adjusting energy. He meets them in a unifying, releasing, letting go energy. And then he has a hard aspect with them on January 11th again, adjusting and shifting. So Mercury, which is how we think, how we communicate. Remember, all things come initially from the mind, from the idea. Somebody had to say, I can run a four-minute mile. I can, I can fly a plane, the Wright brothers. I can go to the moon. You know, somebody had the idea, and then they did it. And so this is really important week for ideas. So keep your pad of paper ready. Write down the ideas that come in. This is a really inspired time because you're having the sun trine Neptune, I'm sorry, the sun sextile Neptune as Mercury is super duper happy talking to Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter this week. So he's going to come back and do a philosophical review with you of all the things you've gone through with the COVID clump or the COVID crustula or the Council of Capricorn, whatever you want to call it. Mercury's going to go through those guys. And he's going to say to them, okay, so we went through this journey, and what did you learn? And I'm always reminded of Doogie Hauser. At the end, he would write what happened at the day. Or Craig Ferguson, when he had that little cat that would come out and go, and what did we learn today, boys and girls, on the show? So I want you to think about this week as Mercury goes through these planets, because he's very active. He's going from 19 Capricorn all the way to the end of Capricorn, and then five degrees into Aquarius. So he is pumping energy. And you want to kind of go, yeah, what did I learn? What did I figure out? He does have a little bit of a fight on the 8th, when, right after he dives into Aquarius because he squares Mars. Uh, and so there's a little bit of a sharp tongue. And then he also is a little stressed on the 11th, the 10th, 11th, because he's got a semi-square to Neptune. And this is kind of a be careful what you ask for. I always encourage people to look at Nanny McPhee. It's a movie that Emma Thompson did with Colin Firth where she teaches you the power of manifestation as she teaches it to these kids that she's charged with being the nanny to. It's a very cute movie. Um, and she stomps her cane and then the world swirls. So be careful, be careful, be conscious, be aware. Uh, Venus this week, she's at 23, Sag, and she's heading into Capricorn. She gets to four Cap. So last degrees of Sagittarius, she's got a little bit of a, 
a little bit of an argument with Pluto. She has a breakup aspect. I'm ending this on January 7th, or I'm beginning a new chapter that ends an old chapter. I'm good either way. Sometimes that is because she's on the node of fate. She's on the south node. Um, what that does is it kind of invites us to enter into a different space with her and really appreciate that energy. And she's going to be on that by declination. So that's kind of an earth energy. So that's kind of like the minute you walked in the door, it's that kind of energy. So watch who you meet that day. Or if you have a fight with someone, they might be gone. Uh, She goes into Capricorn on the 8th, and she gets serious-minded, and then she has a trine to Mars and Taurus. Like I said, she and Mars are kind of chasing each other. So this week, until she gets to that trine, which is on the 9th, kind of keep making your list. What else, What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? The Sag stuff, the Capricorn stuff, Mercury's listening, he's talking to Mars, Venus is talking to Mars, everybody's talking to Mars. Mars is the planet that goes and gets it. And let me tell you, he is going to be really happy to get out of Aries and get into Taurus where he can actually go plow the field whether he's got a rotor-rooter thing like my father had or he's got something else, um, I don't know, but it'll be fun. You're plowing. You're plowing. Mars this week, as I mentioned, goes into Taurus. It happens on January 6th at 5.26 p.m. And, of course, we're due to have Congress doing all sorts of wild things with the Electoral College count. Uh, and then Mars goes in is biquintile to Juno on the 7th, so it's kind of watching, watching who you partner with and being aware of the partnerships you're forming and what they actually mean uh, because you're partnering with things and you want to be as conscious as possible this week on how you're partnering. A lot of energy around stressful relationships on January 8th with Uranus and Taurus in conjunct Juno and Chiron trining Juno on January 3rd. So partnerships are under stress. And as I mentioned before, Eris, of course, stations on January 10th on the World Point. So the five days before, June 5th on, January 5th on, we feel it. Now this week, right now, the moon is in lovely, delicious, work hard Virgo. And it goes void tomorrow at 4.34 p.m. in the afternoon on the 4th with a square. So moon in Virgo is Venus in squares, Venus in Sag. And I remember a long time ago I had a woman come in and she was, uh, she had this position, uh, moon in Virgo, square, Venus in Sag. And um, she was uh, married happily uh, to a woman who cooked and baked bread and had brownies and had a little bunny and had a little bunny sweater and wearing pearls, you know, you know, one of those where the, there's the sweater and the little thing over, they have the two parts, you know, the under part and the over part, the cardigan. Sweater set, twin set was called, that's what it's called, the twin set. And then she was having an affair with a Venus and Sag, who was a stock trader, Sagittarius is gambling, and um, stocks are technically gambling, I know, they're not 100%, but you know what I mean, a day trader, and who was on a motorcycle in black leather. And she goes, who do I pick? And I'm like, both. <laughs> You like the one that bakes the bread with the bunnies, that's your moon, but then your Venus likes the hot girl in the biker chick on the on the bike. So when you have this aspect, we're all going to have it. We're going to be working with our biker chick, our inner biker chick, as well as our inner bake, ben, bake bunny, 
uh, carry the bunny, bake the bread, not bake the bunny, <laughs> raise the bunny, carry the bunny and bake the bread and vacuum. So there's this conflict right now, like, okay, do I stay home? Do I go out? Do I party? Do I stay home? So it's really, you know, paying attention to that energy this week, um, uh, today and tomorrow. And then the moon is void Monday, all Monday night from 4.34 on. goes into Libra at 12.42 a.m., bright and early on the 5th. And it's in Libra on the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, goes void at 12.55. Moon in Libra, sextiling Venus and Aries, or Venus and Sagittarius, rather. So that's got a good closing aspect. And in the middle there, Mars goes into Taurus. Um, so it's void at uh, 12.55 a.m., and then at 3.55, 3 a.m. on the 7th, in the bright and early in the morning, it goes into Scorpio. And it's in Scorpio the 7th, the 8th, uh, the 9th, and it goes void at um, at 8.59 p.m. on the 8th, Friday night, in, with Moon in Scorpio, sextiles Pluto. And then it's void all night. It's void all, until 6.15 in the morning on the 9th. These are all East Coast times when it goes into Sagittarius. So it's got a nice closing aspect of a sextile to Pluto. And then it uh, goes into Sagittarius at 6.15. It's in Sagittarius the 9th. The 10th it goes void at 129 with a square to Neptune on the 10th. And then it's void uh, Sunday afternoon. And then it goes into Capricorn bright and early um, Monday morning at 8.30 a.m., so the moon in Neptune, of course, is a square. So the weekend is fun but a little delusional. But the rest of the week is pretty productive. Um, the energies are forward motion, full steam ahead, and cooperative for the most part because the sun and Venus first, moon and Venus first square each other, and then they cooperate with each other. And then the Scorpio moon, of course, is cooperative with uh, Pluto. So there's a lot of cooperating energy in the heavens this week. Stressful days look to be uh, Thursday because there's a lot of squares because the moon in Scorpio is going to square all those Capricorn, all those Aquarius planets. And uh, very busy Sunday. Sunday is very, Saturday is very busy. Sunday is very dreamy. Actually, Sunday the 10th will probably have a good old uh, snowstorm because the energies. Um, you know, moon, square, Neptune, usually that's like a rainstorm or a snowstorm. And then on Monday the 11th, 8.30 in the morning, uh, we lead up to that new moon at midnight on the 13th. That one's a very powerful moon. Of course, so we're in balsamic phase, release, release, release. And that Capricorn moon, of course, the last aspect it has is a conjunction to Pluto, moon conjunct Pluto, which kind of marks the end of, I'm going to say the end of the COVID clump from our perspective, because then we have this new moon in Capricorn with moon and Pluto next to each other, sun and moon and Pluto all next to each other, and then Saturn and Jupiter have moved off. So it's kind of like they come over to say to Pluto, well, you know, we're all leaving you now. Goodbye. It's been fun. We've had a fun ride. So we're going to watch for a big shift in energy. Uh, and then, of course, air is stationing on the 10th. So we're going to watch for a big shift in energy. Now, one of the things that happens with Mars going into um, early Taurus is he is going to kick up some stuff because he's kind of exciting things up, right? And so as he gets into there, he's going to um, he's going to square Pluto, but he's going to come to square Saturn and Jupiter um, 
the the next week. So as you know, we know when he's approaching things, he is doing a wrap up of the squares that happened, even though those guys, Saturn and Jupiter, are both in new signs, he's actually ramping, wrapping up what happened in August through September 9th, mainly August. Now, in my case, that's when I had COVID. And uh, think about what you were doing from July 25th to September 9th, that month. That was Mars in his shadow. But we're really at that last week, right, right before you know, right after Labor Day, kind of going in. But he is going to square. He has one more square to Saturn and Jupiter, which is going to initiate a new two-and-a-half-year story around those guys, um, which is important uh, because he's meeting up with them and starting a new journey when he uh, when he comes in to square them. He's actually looking back to what happened in March. He's not initiating a two-year journey. He's looking back to March and saying, okay, this is the next, because he initiated the journey in March of 19. This is when he has the opening square, and he says, okay, based on all the stuff we've learned since July 25th, what do you know now? And how do you want to proceed for the next six months till I get to the opposition when I get to cancer and I'm opposite uh, the COVID clump that happened so it's an interesting week because a lot of times it asks when these opening squares happen, they invite us to make changes, you know. So, you know, good change. I mean, I know in my case I've been sitting around for a lot and not exercising, doing much stuff. So I'm exercising, right, because I hadn't been exercising. I've been kind of a little lump at my desk working hard, which is totally fine. But it's like, okay, and you need to take better care of your body. And I learned to appreciate it this year with COVID. Um, what have you learned and what are you going to take action on? So that's the energy of this week. What have you learned and what are you going to take action on? And, of course, that was when the impeachments were going on. And they said to us, well, you know, if you don't like them, vote them out. And we did. <laughs> but he's not leaving, <laughs> at least not easily. So um, forward we go into the into the, into the breach. Remember, you're consciously co-creating with the universe. Really be aware. You're, you're cracked out of your chrysalis. Your wings are drying. You don't have to fly just yet, but you are going to be taking off soon. So kind of practice fluttering them, you know. Don't, don't do it like uh, Simon Cowell did where he got that new bo- book, Bike for Holiday, and he broke his back. He was seen walking. You know, and he also said, yeah, read the book before you turn the bike on. So, you know, practice little shuffle the wings, try a new thing. And get ready to roll. We're going to fly soon. So uh, ready to take off. Get your seatbelts on. Anna Lee signing off from the bright red desk and wishing you a fabulous week. Big hugs. Take care. Bye-bye.